Hello and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companion today is Macy Peters, singer, songwriter, TV series, soundtrack contributor, Ed Sheeran tour opening artist and book lover, who was in Japan for live shows in March 2023, just in time for the start of the cherry blossom season. The interview took place at Warner Music Japan head office and was first broadcast across Japan on my InterFM radio show. Enjoy the journey. It is wonderful to welcome on board Macy Peters. Hello. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Spring has sprung in Tokyo. Welcome to a sunny day. I know. I appear to have come on the best day ever. <laughs> You're here for live shows. Have you had any time in Tokyo or Japan to, to get out and have some fun? We've had a lot of fun.、Oh, um, <laughs> we've had a lot of fun. The shows are、uh, yesterday and today. But we've explored a great deal. We've done some very cool, exciting things. We've definitely seen a lot of Tokyo, impressively <laughs> for me. Any standout thing you've seen here? Well,、uh, hilariously, and, and in a very tourist fashion, we tried to see some cherry blossoms and we、oh. went to a park where we heard there were some cherry blossoms.、Yeah. And there w a s in fact, two trees.、Oh. Uh, and they were so famous. They were the They were the most famous trees ever. And we, we were with all the rest of the tourists, like all standing around this one cherry blossom tree. But it was beautiful. And I've heard, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I said, when will the cherry blossoms all be out? And they were like, very soon. Because apparently yesterday was the first day or something like that. So I'm kind of hoping that a couple more will spring up before we leave in a few days. Well, they're coming early this year, so you might be lucky.、Okay. Maybe just for me. Speaking of Japan, what about karaoke? Have you ever sung here or anywhere around the world? And would you sing one of your own songs in karaoke? A singer's worst nightmare is karaoke <laughs> because there's no way to come out of it good. You either come out of it looking like you're trying really hard and it's embarrassing why you're trying so hard, or you come out of it, my, which is what I always happens to me. I've had a couple of drinks, I come out of it terribly. And everyone's like, How are you a professional singer? So I've no, I would love to do karaoke in Japan. I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I've made it my new goal. I'm going to do it. Because the thing is with shows here is they're quite early comparatively right, right. to the rest of the world. So、yeah. we're on tonight at seven. So the night is young. <laughs> Maybe I'll do multiple shows at karaoke, but I would not do my own song. No.、Um, I would, I, it would depend what would happen in the moment, but I'm partial to a raining men, to、oh. an I will survive.、Oh. All Some disco. Yeah. yeah, I think so. All right, <laughs> cool. Let's go right back to the beginning. I know you started writing and playing music very young. What got you on this journey? Was it a person or an event? Um, I just grew up really loving music and loving, uh, uh, books and storytelling. And I was a big reader and I was a big Taylor Swift fan. And I think all of those things sort of culminated. I used to try and write books, but I was、oh. nine. So they weren't very good or very long. They ended after page nine, all of them, every single one. Um, so I sort of discovered that if you wrote songs, it was like a really quick book. So I started doing that. And when I was about 12, and I just really loved it, and I used to just do it like every single day after school, and I thought everyone else was also doing that, and that was a big shock that they weren't. It's quite interesting you mentioned about writing a book or writing a song, because a lot of people say writing a song is actually more difficult because you've got to put so much information into such a short amount of time. That is true.、Uh, you have to be a lot more concise in your song.、Uh, and yeah, it's all the. I, I think I like that because I also think I'm quite a logical person, so maybe that's why <laughs> it's, it's a merging of two passions of mine, because it's kind of like. Writing a book, but you really have to be maybe in the sort of music I make a lot more mathematic with how much you can say and then how you can really best say it and convey it in a very short amount of time. And also, you have to repeat a lot of things. So, 
there is a lot of, not a lot of space to explain often like quite a complicated and I explain what my song is about there's a long story and there's a short story and the short story is the song and the long story <laughs> is when I tell you about it um so yeah that's something to think about what were you writing at nine years old oh god um <laughs> I was writing a song about the beach. I was writing a song oh. about divorces I hadn't been through uh, <laughs> and men I was throwing into rivers that I hadn't done either. Um, I, just, I used to just write complete fiction, which I think is good. I think it was a great beginning into songwriting because it means there's just nothing off topic and you sort of have a wide open field of things to use and, and play with and learn with. As we record this interview, we've got about what, uh, three months until the brand new album, The Good Witch, True. is released. I read somewhere that it's a breakup album. So is this fiction or is this real? This is real, oh. um, unfortunately for me. No, it's okay. The good thing about writing music is that by the time it comes out, it was ages ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> ages so ago. how are you feeling now? <laughs> I feel really good. Um, you should have asked me that nine months ago. I feel really good. It's so I will say it's like truly the most magical thing about making music based upon your life is that for for good or for bad, but I find always for good with the blessing of hindsight, you get this crazy like memory bank forever. And I get to hear these songs and they're such accurate reflections of how I felt at the time. Like how happy I felt or how sad I felt or often a combination, it's always a combination of the two, really. It's complicated. And you get to listen to those and, and hear these really sort of time stamped versions of your life. And I think that's amazing. And I, and it's about my life. So I get to hear that forever. And this album I get to listen to forever and remember exactly how I felt when I was, when I was 22 and, I was really heartbroken about something and but I have I get to like hear and and listen to and and read and see this like visual representation and this whole whole records worth of my thoughts like really wrapped up and sort of presented in a in a really cool way that I that I entirely envisioned and was my entire mind and my entire handiwork and I love that so that's cool was it a bit revenge? Was it a bit wallowing? Was it a bit breaking through to the other side? What were you feeling at the time? Um, oh, well, I mean, it's absolutely wallowing. You can't be a good songwriter if you ever get over anything. So I just like to never get over anything ever. <laughs> no, I mean, it's absolutely wallowing because luckily for me, I get to just like tell my side of the story. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, what about the other else? person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate to be them. Um, it's all of those things. It's all of the things you feel like era of life like that. You're writing songs to to be petty or to, I think there's two reasons that people write music really. And it's, and one is some people write like for catharsis to process something. And I think other people write to chronicle and to document and remember. And I think I write to remember. So a lot of the music I made more than anything else, even when I was sort of at my saddest or often I find I make music, I write sort of about the way I did feel a, a month or two ago. It's easier to sort of write when you're a little bit out of those woods and then for me, it's just like, well, how can I really accurately write this down so I never forget, so I always remember? I think maybe songwriters have a have a thing with with remembering <laughs> and nostalgia. But I did write some songs to be petty, but you know what? Like a lot of those didn't make the album. I think they never they never age well. They're in the journal. Um, then. They're, yeah, they're in the back catalog. Um, as a human being, you have to let go. But I think that's what's cool, what's magical about music is that it's a way of holding on to something forever a little bit. And I think that's any love you've ever felt, it's important to like hold on to it even a little bit. 
writing these songs, which, as you said, are a stamp of that time of your life, what are they going to be like to sing live in a few months' time? So fun. It's so interesting how there's two... You have a different relationship. You write the song, and that's one relationship you have, and then you release it, and it becomes entirely... For me, at least, I... People always say, when you sing these live, do you think back to the person all the time? And I go, no, I really don't. I think about, I'm so present and I'm thinking about the people that I'm singing it with and what they're thinking about. And it becomes all about like me and my fans and and the rooms I'm in. And I can't wait to sing these songs live and have them. I'm going to be touring this album, hopefully for a, a considerable amount of time. And I just can't wait to have all those moments. Sounds like you love performing live. I do. I do love performing live. I think when I just make music that I love and care about so much. So when you care about something so much and you put so much of yourself into it, it's important to feel like it means something to other people too. And that's what playing live is about. You're a Sussex girl by the sea. I am indeed. And I believe you were busking in Brighton when you were much younger. I was indeed. Tell us about that. Why did you busk? I busked um, to make some money. Uh, I didn't want to get a normal job like my sister, so (laughs) I decided to be entrepreneurial. I was 14, 15, and I would just uh, bring my guitar and I would set up. I had a little busking amp, Roland Cube, and... (laughs) I would just sing for hours because the most awkward, painful part of busking is setting up and backing down because everyone stares at you. And so I discovered if you just set up really quickly and then you start singing, when you start singing, you can kind of zone out from what you're doing and you have a purpose as well. You're not just some random kid on the street, you're singing. So I would sing for hours to avoid backing down and I would sing covers, I would sing originals, I would sing Disney covers outside the children's library and then the kids would dance, the parents would pay me. Um, Very smart. Yeah, I know, I know. I was ahead of my time. Entrepreneurial, definitely. It's given me a good back catalogue. Like, I'm great at a sort of, at a karaoke bar, I'm great at a sort of lyric, who knows the lyrics to this. But I used to be better than I am now. I've forgotten a lot of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did that for years. It was, it's a very educational. It's good. It teaches you a lot. Tour with Ed Sheeran. That must have been pretty amazing too. It is pretty good. It's better than busking. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Shocking. <laughs> of course, he signed you to his label. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've been a great plus. Yes, uh, pun intended. He is <laughs> wonderful. Uh, the tour's just been insane experience. I mean, I've played in stadiums in the UK, in Europe, in Australia, in New Zealand. Like, the, I've played the literally the biggest rooms in the world. We just we just played um, in the MCG in Melbourne, which is a stadium, and that was the biggest ticketed show ever in Australia. Um, which is funny because I was part of the biggest ticket show in Australia, <laughs> which is a good sentence. And I keep playing in these venues around the world. We played in Eden Park in Auckland and uh, my Kiwi friends were like, you, are you aware this is like the biggest, biggest stadium in New Zealand? It's so important culturally, historically, and like five people get to play every year and you're one of them. And it's so <laughs> funny. But it's just, it's the most incomparable experience. And it's made all the better because that's one thing, but also just Ed and his team. Really, it feels like a big family and it's like a cliche thing to say, but we're everybody's so close. I don't think there's any tour in the world with the scale that this one has that also has the relationships that this one has between crew and the artists and the management teams. And I don't think you could find another tour or another artist that's not Ed who like manages to cultivate those relationships in the way that this tour does. Cool. And you've got Wembley coming up too, Wembley Arena. I do, I do, Wembley Girl. Wembley Looking girl. forward to that? I am indeed. It's <laughs> going to be so cool. It's so fun to be at a point in my career where I'm so lucky where I get to think about how I have get to have all these big plans and big pictures and big dreams and get to execute them and make a show that is like the show I dreamt about when I was 13 and then I get to make it. 
<laughs> that is really fun. That is very fun. What about summer festivals? There are a bunch of summer festivals coming up too. So is that a different beast? It is a different beast. I love festivals. We didn't really get to do many last year because I was on tour with Ed uh, all throughout the summer. Um, but festivals are so fun. They're kind of like a musician's school trip. <laughs> kind of. Is that the right way to describe it? Because you see all your other musician friends and everyone's a little bit silly and it's a festival and, you know, you do your set, but then you can go and watch your friends' sets and you bump into people backstage and it's so, so, so fun. And I, I also think nowhere does a festival like the UK. We're really good at music festivals. And there are some amazing ones that I've been part of over the years that are so cool. I mean, I love Latitude. Barn on the Farm is so special. I'm not actually playing Barn on the Farm this year, but all my friends are. And I really might go. I really <laughs> might go as a normal person and just have the best time ever. Well, I was going to ask you for your Japanese friends and fans who love festivals too, if they were going to come to the UK, which festival do you reckon they should go to? Well, I mean, they should go to lots of them. What am I playing? Because I don't think what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I'm playing a festival called Transmit in Scotland. And that is... I would definitely recommend to my Japanese fans, if you want to have a wild time, go to Transmit Festival because that will open your, rock your world. Um, but also, all, truly all of them are so special and I would go to, I, even the ones I'm not playing this year, I could not recommend higher. You've contributed music to TV series and the screen. Is that something you would love to pursue? And uh, would you actually like to write original music for the screen in the future separate from the pop music i'd love to i did a project uh, a year or two ago i wrote a soundtrack for a tv show on apple called trying and i love that experience it was like a very special thing to do and one of my favorite things i've done in in my career was making that soundtrack and i would love to do that again in a different way and yeah i would definitely love to write for screen or for theater or for any of those things but i guess it's all about the time. And also, I strongly believe in doing things when you're ready to do them. And I don't think I'm currently in a, in a place where I would do that to the best of my abilities. But at some point mm. in my life, I'd love to. Because I think it would be interesting as a songwriter, as you said, you've been writing about your own stories. Mm. But in this situation, you'd have to write from someone else's perspective. Yeah, which I also sort of started out doing. And when mm. I was, that was what I did from the ages of 12 to 16. I had no story, so I just made them up. And I'd love to do that. And I love writing music with and for other people as well. And I would love to do more of that. I think that's definitely what I'll be looking. I'll be looking at something along those lines or doing something different next after this. I always speak with people about the power of music. You've written an album about a breakup, but as a music fan, do you turn to music in, in tough times or great times to get you through life? Yes, I'm very passionate about music. I love it very much. I talk about it all the time. And I'm not about my music. I talk about other people's music. I'm, I'm a huge music lover. Um, and I do. There's... There's artists and albums that I really love and feel like very much part of who I am as a person. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan musically and I'm a huge Phoebe Bridges fan. There's certain songs by certain artists which are very important to me. There's a song called Between Me and You by Brandon Flowers who's the lead singer of The Killers and that's just my favourite song ever and I, that song is like so a part of who I am and I could, I could write a thesis on it. Um, but yeah, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of music that I could talk about. Writing comes up again and again and you said you, uh, when you were very young you were writing books. You also had a book club on, I think, Instagram, yes, was it? So what do you love about reading and are you going to write books again in the future? I love reading. That was my first real love. And I think I'm, I've come to realize I'm an impatient person. So if this makes sense, I don't do very well with 
films or TV shows or podcasts because I'm impatient and I want to be the person. I just want to fast forward. And when I'm reading, I'm in charge of the pace at which we are receiving the information so I can go as fast as I want. And that's the only medium I've found that works for me. So I read a lot. I do have a book club. We're on hiatus right now because I'm a little bit busy. I would love to write a book one day very much so. I mean, that's like a huge goal of mine because really that's like my first love but that's a big undertaking and so I'm 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 think I've been thinking about it more and more and sort of rolling it around in my head and we'll, we'll see what happens with it but yes you said music has got you through tough times the radio station catchphrase is find your colors to encourage people to, to be who they want to be, it's about diversity, it's about gender, it's about everything, it's about getting you through life and becoming who you should be. If someone is listening and having a tough time with their life, what would you say to them? I would say I can understand and empathise and it can feel very difficult and very arduous, but life is very long and before you know it, you're going to be in six months, a year, two years from where you are right now. There is not a chance you look back and you think that was it. That was the, that's the only way you ever felt. You will, life is too long. You just will f- feel something else again and, and something will come along. And before you know it, you'll be in a different place and you won't know how you got there. And you won't, when you're making those steps to get there, you won't realize it, but you will be somewhere else. You've had a bit of a time to see Japan. Is there one thing you've noticed? Is there one thing it can be tangible or intangible? Is there something you love here that you would love to share with the world? I love many things about Japan. You guys have really, really great city planning, in my opinion. Bridges, just you pop up everywhere and they're sort of over main roads, but they're lovely bridges. <laughs> and I just think it's really wonderfully designed. I've I've been exploring the past few days and it feels... Like there's real like history here and there's real culture, but also it feels very much in, in the present day. I love it very much. We're going on a journey. You can take your mobile device, you can take your passport, give you a credit card. But what's one other thing you must have when you're I out there? I literally thought we were about to go on a journey. I was like, I don't have my passport. <laughs> I was like, I don't. I, like, I look at you, I'm like, oh, where are we going? Okay. So what are you going to take with you then? Um, what? Yeah, I mean, literally, I'm like, oh. You've got a jacket? Uh, I've got it. Oh. Um, we're going on a journey. I can take my passport. I can take my phone. Yeah, I've got a credit card, so you've got, got money. Okay, it's got that's... tons of credit on it. Oh, good to know, good to know. Uh, what am I going to take? Mm, I'm going to take... It's funny, I do think I'm somebody with, like, very little material value maybe it's the traveler in me if you travel a lot you learn to sort of i lose things all the time as well i've literally just lost my glasses this morning and it's really not good i've lost shoes on this tour i've lost sweatshirts everything um i would take with me a lot of hair bands because i find it really annoying when i can't tie up my hair and i like reach to do it all the time and then i can't so i just that's what i'm gonna say because to have on me immediately because i can buy everything else there you go how do you write music do you write on on your mobile device I do. I write on my notes app on my phone. We'll sometimes write on paper if I'm in the mood to do so or sort of beginning an idea. I would write on my laptop, but I don't like traveling or to, to studios or anywhere or wherever I am. I don't like traveling that heavy. So I tend to just bring my phone. And do you get ideas when you're touring or on the road? I do have a long notes app list on my phone and I do get ideas, which I write down and sort of pick at later. Final question. On your journey, you can have a travel companion to sit down with on this long flight or train trip or bus trip. Who would you love to sit down with and and have a chat with? And it can be someone from history or someone who's alive today. That is an impossible question. That's an (laughs) evil, evil question. Um, Who would I like to talk to? 
Oh my god. I would like to talk to... Maybe this is a cliche answer a little bit. I'm sure lots of people would say this person. But I'd like to talk to Stevie Nicks, I think. I think she's lived through a lot of decades and parts of history that I would be really interested in. And I would like... I'd like to talk to Stevie Nicks. And I think I'd like to talk to Leonard Cohen as well. And I think I'd also like to talk to Meryl Streep. Those are my three. <laughs> well, you've got two people who write a lot. So. Yes, that's true. And, I <laughs> and just, one person who acts a lot. And, so, yeah, yeah, and Meryl Streep's just been in cinema for so long and I'm interested in Hollywood and I think she would have a lot of stories and is someone who's, I think done a lot of good but seen a lot of things i'm sure so. sounds like this is going to be a fun journey or oh, dinner yeah. party <laughs> oh, we are a real hoot i'm sure the four, the four of us well you got all of them so yeah brilliant thank you macy peters i've had such a joy meeting you today thank you so much for your time enjoy tokyo enjoy the springtime enjoy the cherry blossoms and see you next time i will thank you so much and thank you for joining us today for more interviews and information please go to guyperryman.com <laughs>